Welcome to the Text and Rock Show. Ancient Story, Better Tomorrow. Let's begin. So yeah. Gilgamesh, yep, he's mourning uh, death yeah. for the, really the like, for the first time, time. waking up to it, and yeah. he puts on. It's really like cute and dark at the same time. He puts on skins like wild animals. Oh right, yeah. To yeah. I think be close to Ankidu, the wild animal. To man. be yes, absolutely, absolutely, and that's what we do, right? Yeah, I mean we don't put skins on <laughs> no, no. but we do we do have a what is that called a memorial for somebody right we have yeah. things that remind us of them and and we dress the up. time and we dress up and our time together yeah, yeah yeah do you know i hardly ever like to dress up i pretty much if i say fancy clothes it means that there's a collar and a button on my shirt and it's yeah. not a t-shirt those are yeah. like fancy clothes just, in my family just one button yeah <laughs> Okay. I only will button one of them. Um, but when someone when someone leaves the house of the world, I yeah. do. I dress up. I yeah. honor them. Yeah. Yeah. I think in his own way, that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Right. 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 But he starts to realize this whole death thing, not cool. Not- <laughs> this is not cool. <laughs> so he sets off into the wilderness to find Utnapishtim. That's their Noah character, yeah. the Mesopotamian Noah character, uh-huh. because he's the only man that Who didn't was, have to die. Right, exactly. Yeah, so he's the only man that didn't die. He survives the flood, and we'll tell that story in just a bit. Yeah. But basically, he wants his secret knowledge of how he got to live, how he got to live. forever. Yeah. And this is a big literary motif. Is there any way I can live forever? Right. Why do we have to die? Right. And if I can live forever, it's secret knowledge, right? Right. There's a fountain right. of youth I have to find. I, um, There's someone that possesses knowledge that can get me to right. the heavens. Right. I've got to go on a quest. Right. right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So Gilgamesh sets on this quest and he travels where Utnapishtim is supposed to live by legend. Uh-huh. The twin peaked mountain called Mashu, where the sun sets and rises, but they actually believe that the sun goes into that's Mashu right, at yeah. night and comes out and again comes out. in the daytime. That's right, that's yeah. right. And rises on the other side, which is just far out. They kind of, they kind of view <laughs> celestial beings as, in some ways, being animated and knowing what oh, they're doing right, and carrying right. out their job. Right, right? yeah, yeah. So Utnapishtim lives beyond Mount Mashu, and just when you think he's going to, you know, venture up and across and find him. Oh, no, there are two scorpion men waiting for him, which kind of look exactly like The Rock in that crappy movie. Oh, in um, um, The Scorpion King. The Scorpion King. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. Um, yep. Wow. Not so made up, actually. Not so made out. up. Yeah. Matter of fact. <laughs> 
And the Scorpion Kings are like, oh, no, no one gets through here. No one. No one gets through here. No one. I, I brought us a passage about this section. It's kind yeah. Of fun. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. hear it. It's from Tablet 9, Section 2. Uh, but your dog ate yours. So yeah, we'll, we'll do the best we can. Okay. Ready? Tablet 9? I thought there were two tablets. Sorry. There are 12 tablets. Wow. Yeah. So sometimes we'll have a really good tablet from one location and then another tablet will be bad. So like the Akkadian version um, in this book will drop off and pick up the old Babylonian version. Oh, really? Just because our tablets are better. Like uh-huh. if the thing gets broken or destroyed or yeah. messed with, you lose a chunk of story. Right. Oh right? my gosh. So we actually like have this in old Babylonian, Akkadian, uh-huh. uh, Hittites, and there's there were tablets of this found at, at Nineveh, the Assyrian capital. Really? Yeah. And wow. sometimes it just depends like who's got preserved the best. Oh, right, right. The, the yeah. region of the desert will preserve a cuneiform tablet forever. But if like, you know, war comes to the city. Right, right. Someone drops it, you know. Yeah. Like, I brought your book, King. Oh, Ooh. crap. Crap. You know. <laughs> Or if someone like accidentally drops one, right? You know, it gets damaged. Yeah, by so a dumb I, grad student. Yeah, by a dumb grad. <laughs> oh man! So you mean my mom yelling at me about dog earing the the the, the yeah. books and stuff like that's that's really. I don't think you could dog ear a cuneiform tablet. I think you'd have to just chisel a little dot <laughs> where you are. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, where were we? Yeah, so I brought a passage for us okay. from Tablet 9, Section 2. Yeah. And it says, The name of the mountain, like we said, is Mashu. When Gilgamesh arrived at the mountain range of Mashu, which daily keeps watch over sunrise and sunset, whose peaks reach to the vault of the heavens. This is, by the way, why you worship a god in a high place. They yeah. literally think the tops of the mountains bump into the heavens. Yeah. And so if you want to approach the divine, you go up. You go up. You know, whether you're Moses or Hammurabi. Yeah. You go up if you want to find Shamash or Yahweh. Yeah. Right. And right. So almost every place of worship we have, whether it's a ziggurat where they've built a tower up to the gods right. so the gods can come down. Or whether it's a mountain where we've built an altar, that's why they're up there. Yeah, right, right. Okay. And whose peaks reach to the vault of heaven and whose breasts reach to the netherworld below. They mean like the base, not mountain boobs. Uh (laughs) And the scorpion (laughs) men guard its gate, whose terror is awesome and whose glance was death. Oh, I've had some teachers over the years with a good glance of death. With a good glance of death. (laughs) Their shimmering halo sweeps the mountains that at sunrise and sunset keep watch over the sun. Yeah, you mentioned that. (laughs) When Gilgamesh beheld them, the scorpion guys, right? Yes. With fear and terror was darkened his face. Regaining his composure, which was quite fast, I think. Yeah. He approached them, a scorpion man, Calls to his wife. I love that. They're like guarding the place and they're like, oh, I got my scorpion family here. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, hide the scorpion children. Scorpion children. <laughs> oh my gosh. So oh. He, he says to his wife, he who has come to us, his body is the flesh of the gods. Remember? He's made of divine He's made stuff. of, right. They all bring apart. 
and put him together like Frankenstein. Yeah. His wife answers the scorpion man. Two-thirds of him is God. One-third of him is human. The scorpion man calls to the human man, addressing these words to the offspring of the gods. Why have you come on this far journey? Why have you arrived before me, traversing seas whose crossings are difficult? The purpose of your coming I would learn. So he basically says, why have you come all this way? And understand that we're getting out into the mythic realms where, you know, we're in monster territory. We have right. a scorpion That's, man. Yeah. That's a divine monster. Yeah. You're guarding a place where you're not even supposed to go that's farther. That's right. Yeah. So you yeah. leave the city and civilization, the farther out you get into the myth bar or the wild or the desert, you start running into very nasty stuff. Wow. Right? Isn't wow. that cool? Yeah, that is. It's just like you can take this map to any ancient story we read. Oh, right. That's the right. kind of joy of it. You start to see the crossover. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. This episode was influenced by the audio track Dance in the Graveyards by Delta Ray, The Scorpion King, the concept of human evolution in archetypal characters in ancient literature, and the fountain of youth in Herodotus. The Text and Rock Show is the creative work of Mark Schaefer and Eric Madison. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes drop. If the show adds value to your life, please consider leaving them a review or sharing Textandrock with a friend. You can explore other Textandrock digital productions or contact Mark and Eric by simply clicking the link in the show notes. It's already for us, but for them, it's been like seven <laughs> episodes. You and I just sat and like chatted a couple of times, but in listener world, you right. like another episode. Another. And it's like, relax, bro. They're only like 10 minutes long. Um, you know. Yeah, right. We, we chop and we give it in doses. That's, there you that's go. That's the way to go. That's right. It but is. Gilgamesh, I think when we I think when we left off, Ankidu died, right? We were, right. We were talking yeah. about that. Yeah. So yeah. here's what happens. Gilgamesh can't stop grieving Ankidu. Right. He's super, super sad. It's like yeah. his best friend and warrior companion died, right? Right, and right. He starts obsessing about mortality about and his, his own, own death. his own death. okay yeah and yeah i think that's really real do you remember like as a kid the first time you had to go to a funeral and realize death was a thing right yeah and yeah then do you remember the difference the first time it was a friend oh my you, gosh you lost a person huge yeah. huge yeah it's it's sobering when it's like i'll never see this person again never yeah yeah. And there's someone that deeply resonated with you mm-hmm. while they were here. Yeah. 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 So Gilgamesh is in super mourning. Super. It's like I, I almost I almost like to think he's like he's like a king and he's made by the gods and he's super powerful, but mm-hmm. he's also 
he's an early human. And to yeah. be honest, he acts a lot like a toddler a lot right. of times. Right, he and does. I, I like to think of it in terms of human development. Uh-huh. Like, this is a really early human acting like a really early, early human. human. Like, I, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old <laughs> in my house. And uh-huh. She goes from really happy to really sad and throws fits a lot like Gilgamesh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but he, he, I just, I, lo- I love to always step back and say, like, history's being telescoped here. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, this is a story about characters, but also civilization. Uh, about, and yes. Human nature and, and human and nature and, and our growth and development. Or, wait, did you just say that? No, you said it great. It's okay. about our, like, collective growth. <laughs> right. And development. Right. The yeah. light's coming on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. We, we're kind of, like, at the beginning, too, of the age of literature and writing a story about this stuff. Right. Yeah. Know? And for almost a thousand years... We're going to have all sorts of stories about gods and heroes that are really kind of violent and give yeah. cosmology, like how was the world made? Oh, right. Um, and cosmology, like where did the gods come from? Where, who yeah. made whom and who has mm-hmm. power over what? Yeah. Uh, these yeah. deep mythological layers are going to form slowly, almost like a child learns about the world over time. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it'll be about a thousand years until, well, people like the Hebrew prophets – Oh, right. Socrates. Right. Yeah. Start really vying for a morality to the way humans carry themselves. Right. Right. That's the famous like axial age. It takes about a thousand years of blood stories to get there. Uh huh. Isn't that (laughs) funny? It is.